Mexico Democratic governor being called out for her crackdown on the Second Amendment, including by some in her own party, some of the most liberal members of her party. The governor announcing a 30-day ban on concealed carry firearms for self-defense. She claims it is a necessary response to gun violence after declaring it a public health emergency. The Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office will not enforce this segment of the order. Even con gun control activist David Hogg is pushing back, saying, quote, there is no such thing as a state public health emergency except to the U.S. Constitution. All men and women created by gold, you know the you know Tonight, there's a new ruling just in from a federal judge. He says the New Mexico governor is violating constitutional rights with a new ban on the right to publicly carry a firearm in New Mexico's largest city, Albuquerque. Well, you know, we normally try to avoid politics on our gun podcast, and we generally try to avoid guns on our politics content, podcast, but this was going to run into both no matter what we did. So, here we are. Here we are. Um, so, it's uh, I do have a quick gun update uh, that it was kind of a funny occurrence because uh, it involved uh, rifles that both Bona and I have. Um, he, I have need for a thirty thirty. And, you have uh, need for one. I have need for one. Well, I, I have to go hunting for work. Uh, it's sort of like, you know, some people have to go to strip clubs. Some people have to go to conferences. Some people have to go to golf courses or golfing or something like that. And that's not our clients. Our clients do hunting. And the hunting season's well, coming up. Okay. Um, I'm still going to ask questions here for a second. Um, and your 44 won't do the trick? Um, not as, exactly. It, it, uh, well, it, especially, especially because... We both know that you're not going to take the shot. That's you're there hanging out for somebody else's. So would your your 44 not work well just to sling over your shoulder and join the crowd? Yeah, but everybody's going to know it's not going to work. Ah, so I try and keep that to myself. Like if I brought, it'd be like bringing a 22 to to do it. It's like everybody knows Sean ain't going to do anything. Um, <laughs> That's when you hey, every piece of American game has been brought down with a 22 before. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, but I did, uh, like the, I know that the range and the setup that they're going to be doing is about 150 to 175 yards. <laughs> Can you imagine, dude, you, uh, brought a Ruger 1022 with you and your response to them is I am just that good. <laughs> but I don't want to deprive anyone else of taking the shot. So my, my friend have at it. I uh, I think I, I I think everyone would know uh, because the 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 44 is pretty much 100 yards, um, really, maybe maybe even less, 120 maybe, um, and this particular uh, area in lease is going to be about 150 to 175 yards, um, and a a 30 30 will go out to about 200, pretty easy. Um, and still be, you know, effective. And so I was like, crap, I need a 30-30. Who do I know who wanna? We'll go, I'll go steal his for a little while. And uh, I went over and he's like, yeah, sure. You know, and, and uh, we got to talking all about it a little bit. And he has been having horrible, because of the heat, um, it's been 110. It was 110 degrees every day for a month and a half here. Every day. Damn. 
110. Over over 110 degrees. Sometimes a 112. So, sometimes a 109. So Texas is the gates of hell. It, this this year it was particularly hot, and what it did is made things a little bit more scarce because you know uh, food's a little scarce, water's a little scarcer, and animals started kind of encroaching on territories which they would normally not do. And my dad's been having a lot of coyote problems. And I'm like, so okay. did you trade in the homesteader for the uh, the thirty thirty? Yeah, we swapped out. Uh, we we uh, he's like, look, I need to take care of these coyotes and these bobcats. Like they're, I found them in the backyard, in the front yard. There was one going through our trash. Um, I I need to take care of this, and I need something a little quicker than a lever action. And I'm like, you know, I got just the thing. So I swapped the home, uh, the homesteader for the thirty thirty for a little while, just for a season, so he can take care of his problem and I can take care of mine, um, which is super handy, you know. Like, it, and it just goes to show, like, different rifles, different purposes, right? It's it's you could do both with with either gun, but one is definitely better for one uh, issue than the other, and it was just kind of nice. It was kind of nice to have the option and everything. Uh, so, yeah, we stuck a 15-round Glock mag in the homesteader and gave, and put the uh, the big ass scope on top of it, so he can uh, he doesn't have to get close. And uh, I put a big ass 40 uh, millimeter Vortex scope on the um, uh, Marlin 3030, and I'm ready to go. So we'll uh, and. and, and- and once again, just for informational purposes, the 6.5 wouldn't have done this for you? The 6.5 is really, yes, it would have, but it's really not set up for hunting and, and like, slinging on your back. It's, I mean, it's got a bipod on it, and it's it's big, and it's heavy, and it's it's really set up to do, like, match shooting or long-distance shooting. Yes, the 6.5 will, will take a deer, and, I mean, it's still supersonic out to 400 yards, but... Dear Lord, I gotta walk half a mile with this thing on my shoulder. <laughs> that thing's heavy. <laughs> like, it's really heavy, especially with all the crap I got stacked on top of it. I don't want to carry that thing. <laughs> like, I want a nice, light, small gun that will take care of what I need to do. And um, you know, I can load the the Marlin. I mean, it's got a six round capacity. I could. I mean, I, but I think only in the state we're about to hunt in. I think only you can only have three rounds on the gun at a time. So I'll just put, you know, two in the magazine and, uh, you know, or three in the magazine and then chamber it when I get up to the uh, the area that we're going to be in. And that'll be it. You know, like, I'm fine with that. Because, uh, I mean, I don't need a, like, a friend, buddy of mine who's going with me has got a, I don't know, I don't know how much this thing weighs, but it is a big, colossally heavy AR. Uh, it may be an <laughs> AR-10, maybe a 308. Well, I, I don't know. Well, but... it, it, well, that's what an AR-10 is. is yeah, a that's what I'm saying. But, it may be it, a 308. But it, well, I would hope so because a 223 will not take a deer. No. Well, I mean, I, every North American has been taken with a 22. I'm sure a 223 will get it. But okay, I'm sure if you shoot it in the head, in the eye, you know. Yeah. But but yeah, you're much better off with a 308. Um, and a 30-30 is the classic deer hunting rifle, as far as I'm concerned. I know I can do that. I know at the distances that we're talking about, I can take it. So if if I have to take the shot, if they're you know egging me on and or, or you know like disapproving of my not taking shots and just sitting there <laughs> drinking hot chocolate all day, 
Uh, I do. I can do it if I want to. Normally, my maneuver is to shoot about three feet behind him because I don't want to skin this thing. Like, I really, I really don't like hunting. I don't. I don't. If everybody else wants to, that's fine. I don't particularly need to to do that. Um, grocery store works just fine. <laughs> I bought Philly steak sirloin and packages. I make myself a sandwich. I'm all just fine. I can eat fine. I'm not starving. Uh, but uh, no, I I'm not exactly looking forward to the trip. But I did want to have something that didn't make me look stupid or like I wasn't trying or wasn't taking it seriously uh, when I arrived. You know, because they would know a gun with a hundred yard. <laughs> 100 yard or 120 yard um, distance uh, for you know a range is really not going to work at the distances we're going to do. They're going to know that I I wasn't trying because they know I know the difference. So um, it, it would have been. Did you see that Lapua actually put out a 308 rifle? No. Yeah, the, the whole point of it was to build a light 308 rifle for long distance hunting that you actually had to walk long distances with the firearm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, and that's the thing. Like you can get one of these big overpowered guns and stuff, but it weighs a ton. <laughs> you, you are not well, going to have a great time. That, that's what made me around. think of it. I've been sitting here trying to refine it. Cause I, I read the article about it about a little over a week ago. And it was kind of like, uh, cause my first thought was when I saw the poo, I'm like, I thought they made ammo, not firearms. Um, but no, they actually uh, created a long-distance 308 hunting rifle uh, that's meant to be pretty stinking light. That's pretty cool. And oh, and the other new one that I saw recently—have um, you seen the new version of the Taurus Judge? I have not. Ah, well, they put a really long-ass barrel on it and gave it a forward grip, so that it's sort of kind of their version of like the Shockwave. Oh no. Now it's still got the same pistol grip versus like a bird's head grip, but uh, it, yeah, it, they they made it to the point where you can get good two hands on it. Uh, and they're calling it the newest innovation in home defense. <laughs> of course they are. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one. Uh, the last <laughs> new one I saw was the Raging Hunter which was the, um, you know, you could get the, the Raging Hunter in 410, and it's got this huge, giant barrel and, and stuff like that. I uh, I think they, uh, I think you're talking about, like, the, does the, the one you're talking about have a forend on it, basically like a rifle or shotgun forend? Yes, and that, yeah. I was just I was just pulling up a picture of it for you. Yeah, no, that's the, the, Taurus Judge, Taurus Judge Home, Home Defender. Defender. Yeah, yes. No, I've, I have seen this. I didn't know that's what it was. Um, Pick a tenny rail on the top. And bottom. So you can put a light and a red dot on it. Uh, that's a lot of... Oh, I, you know, I didn't even think about it. It's the Circuit Judge, but with the uh, the barrel clip down and no um, stock on it. Mm-hmm. Very similar. In fact, it may be the same. <laughs> I for, well, I forgot the circuit judge existed. <laughs> I forgot the circuit judge existed. <laughs> oh no, I've, I've seen them. We had them in the store to be to be sold, and I and I always looked at it just going, oh no, no. My issue with the judges isn't that 
isn't that they exist, and it isn't that they aren't, I guess, effective for what they are. It's that there's better ways to get that. In my personal opinion, there's better ways to get that done. If you want to shoot 410, shoot 410, right? Get an actual shotgun. If you want to shoot a high-caliber big revolver, get a big high-caliber revolver. They make great ones. You know, get a 44. You know, um, I, I think the, the where the where the judge always fit was for the person who wanted to have a firearm in the house, and you were hoping that they were going to learn safety, but other than that, you knew they really weren't going to learn anything else. I yeah maybe maybe yeah you might be right. My you know, it's kind of it's kind of like okay you put some four ten in there first couple of rounds of birdshot you know then a couple of rounds of a buckshot so we know that you're so even if you shoot yourself in the foot it's gonna hurt but you know you're still gonna keep your foot. Man, and see you're you're expending a lot of ammunition at this point like you're shooting a lot like uh, normally with a shotgun first shots will handle most situations somebody like i don't yes yes but at the same time if you've got somebody who you know is not going to take the time to go out and learn how to do this uh, yeah but you kind of get what you get at that point it's like look if you're too dumb to learn how to use your own firearm okay you know if you feel safe Using your own firearm. Okay, you you have heard my stories about working in a firearm store, right? Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of morons. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, there's always that person that you're sitting there going, "You need a Taurus judge." <laughs> you know, I, it starts off with the um, "I cannot figure out how semi-auto works." Great, you need a revolver. <laughs> I can't figure out how to aim. You need a judge. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go all the way down to this. I, but, like, I, I always liken the judge to my experience with the Bond Arms, right? You've shot Bond Arms with 410 in them, have you not? No, the one I had was a 9mm. Even and that I thought one. it was hilarious because I uh, put one slug in the belly button and one slug in the forehead, and when I took the thing out and the um, uh, guy running the range went, that's pretty good shooting. I went, the only problem was I was aiming for the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now imagine that with a 410 and that's what i had i had the snake whatever it was for yeah snake slayer snake slayer thank you snake slayer four which is a four inch barrel on it and you let go out of 410 like a, a px defender round pdx defender round out of that thing with 410 inch or a 410 caliber shell and or bore shell. Uh, that is, that is. I was surprised that my wrists were still in one piece after I fired. There's no accuracy. I still, still get a kick out of the fact that they build those things at 4570. Yeah, like I, I'm sorry. I like all my tendons and ligaments <laughs> and bones where they are in in the exact number of pieces that they're currently in. Uh, and and then. You know, they come out with something like the Judge, which is basically a similar version to that, only in a revolver, but it does nothing to mitigate the shock and recoil. 
And, yeah, it's a little bit safer. Maybe you won't shoot your foot off of it if you have birdshot in the first round. But you're not going to hit anything you're wanting to hit either. And it, that's it, house distances, I don't think a lot of people understand how how little a shotgun shell actually opens up. Like, most people think you're just scatter shotting all this kind of stuff. And it's really, you know, the size of a, you know, peanut butter jar lid. You know, <laughs> like, that's what you're shooting. That's what you're going to hit somebody with at house distances. Maybe if you got a long house on a long hallway the size of a volleyball. <laughs> Maybe. You know, it may expand out to the size of a volleyball. But that's it. Okay? Like, that's all there is. Even with a 12-gauge, that's still all the expansion you're going to get. So what do you think? Like, you still have to learn to aim. And I think, like, if you're not learning to use your firearm, that's maybe a problem. <laughs> right? Well, y- yeah. I mean, y- I'm, once again, remember, stories from the from the, the gun shop. Okay. We're going to sell you this. Here's the card of person who does the safety training. Please call them. Yeah. <laughs> you really need this. Uh, I, I, You know, and you can kind of get a sense really quickly because I take a lot of people out to shoot clays and you can get a sense of somebody who a knows how to shoot and B doesn't know how to shoot. Right. And then you can get a sense of people who have shot shotguns before and then haven't before. Right. Like if you get somebody who knows how to shoot, but they've never shot shotguns. Well, I know how to shoot. Show me the weapon, show me how to work it. And then tell me what's different about this than what I do. Okay. That's somebody asking intelligent questions. Like, yeah, I shoot, but I don't know how to shoot that. What, what are we doing here? What do I need to know? That's the best case, right? Now, if you got people who shoot skeet a lot and everything like that, okay, here you go, this is what it does, all that stuff, or, you know, which one would you like, whatever. And then you get the people who don't know anything, and they're actually pretty easy to deal with, too. Do you know anything about shooting this? I know nothing at all. I'm a blank slate. What are we doing? That's actually fairly easy to deal with, too. The person that worries me every time I bring them out there is the person who thinks they know what's going on, but has actual no idea and no practical experience or hands-on at all. And they come out and tell you, yep, I got it. And you're like, they're the ones with the gun loaded at their hip with their finger on the trigger spinning around going, what's up, guys? Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, and I tell everybody every time, load at the line, right? Like we we shoot... um, back in uh, you know we shoot in the country but we call the line the road and everybody stands on the road to shoot or just behind it we call that the line okay because it's the line of the road load at the line don't bring a hot gun near the truck where all of us are and when you load you point it that way towards the field where the clays are going to be going oh when we go to the outdoor range because it's primarily pistols every every um every chamber is open until you get to where you're going to be shooting from then you put the magazine in and close the chamber right and that's what we do like when we bring the guns back you you either you open the breach you know open the breach so we can see there's nothing in it and set them there like that it's not going to hurt anything there all the guns are unloaded while they're sitting in the truck when you p- select a gun, any gun you would like, there's normally four or five we have to pick from, you know, pick up the gun, point it up or down, take it to the line with your ammunition and load it. Keep the gun facing the, the field and we're all good. You would not understand. You have no idea how. Well, actually, you probably do. 
how many idiots come out and just do not get it. <laughs> or they'll when they bring, they'll do everything, and when they bring the gun back, they'll leave it with the breach closed, or they'll put it upside down so you can, and open it, but you can't see that the breach is open. And it's like no, you got to put it up. See, you got to put it up so we can see that it's unloaded. Why well, unloaded it? Yep, but we can't trust. <laughs> we that. all we, we all need to make sure that you are not a moron. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't accidentally. I said accidents can happen. Right. So we all need to look and and make sure and check each other that we have unloaded firearms here near the truck where all of us are standing. (laughs) We got kids here. We got dogs here. We got people here. This is where all the unloaded things go. All the shooting takes place 15 feet that way, facing that way, not close to us. It's it's amazing how many people do not get that full grown people, well-meaning. They don't mean anything by it, but they also don't listen because they think they, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. I won't be that guy. No, you literally are that guy. <laughs> You're literally being that guy right now. Um, and uh, to their credit, most people learn after a head check or two. Hey, look, we're all out here having fun. But this is what you need to do so that we can continue to have fun or you will no longer be here. <laughs> I understand. You, go sit in the truck. All right. You go sit over there. Don't touch anything. You are now in charge of the cooler. <laughs> yeah. Like we've had to do that before. Um, a full grown adult. You know, what's surprising to me is the kids are normally better about it. Uh, the, the kids understand and, and especially young men. Young men will listen. You know, like like 17, 18 years old, they will listen. Because, because they're the ones who are worried about looking like an idiot. Yeah, right. You know, like, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> what should I be doing? This is what I want you to do. Come with me. You know, and and it's, they, they do fine. But you've got to treat them like it. And I think, and this leads into our, our, our topic here, I think a lot of people are well-meaning, but... Um, they need education and they need to learn about what this is and what firearms are and what they do and what they're capable of. And simple things, easy, everyone can do to make yourself safe around them. Well, going into into the topic, you would think that the people who are part of the gun control community would, at the very least, educate themselves on what it is that they want to argue so that they can actually have intelligent arguments. You would think. You'd be wrong. You would be wrong, but you would think. Yes. I, uh, so, and it's happened, uh, I guess, about a week ago. Uh, we didn't uh, really get a chance to uh, to get to this as soon as we would have liked to have had, so some things have happened since then. But about a week ago, the governor of New Mexico decided that they had a an unfortunate incident where a child was killed. And she decided that she would take it upon herself to deal with the situation. And her solution was to do a, and I'm going to use her exact words here so I'm not misquoted, a temporary 30-day suspension of firearms in several cities. Now, um, that doesn't sound so bad on the face of it 
I mean, unless you like your rights and the 2A and the constitutional things that, that are all guaranteed to Americans. But but let's just say, you know, because their thing was like, it's only in two cities. Yeah, but that those two cities encompass like 90% of the New Mexico's population. All right. So, yeah, it's only two cities or two counties or whatever, but it's most. No, it, well, I think, it, I think it was two cities in one county. Yeah. If I remember correctly. It, you, you're probably right. I know because I know we've heard from one sheriff. <laughs> And so she decided she was going to use this emergency power that she got during COVID that uh, that that was issued to during COVID for emergency powers to use her governor powers. Uh, this is Michelle Lewin Grisham. Now, did she use her? Now, I, I'm just trying to clarify because it's it's not the way I heard it. So I just want to make sure that we're both on the same page and I may be wrong. Did she use the powers that were given to her via COVID free of emergency or did she use the idea that she had that she could declare an emergency that she learned after COVID to give herself such powers and did it that way? Yes, to both, because um, because she did because because when she was questioned on it, she had some really interesting answers. <laughs> yes. Yes, she did. And we'll get there. Uh, but what she did is basically used her her emergency. She declared an emergency, and then because um, she, the, there were some expanded capabilities into set into place with the COVID stuff, uh, with the whole crap that went on with that, and I won't get into that. But she had a little bit more authority in these areas to declare an emergency, or, or there were broader terms where she could declare an emergency. Um, now, what she did is stuffed in unconstitutional, basically by executive fiat, uh, the removal of the Second Amendment uh, in there, um, which is and, and what she did to, to be more specific is to remove uh, the ability to carry concealed or openly in. Two cities and a county, I guess, is, is really what she did, uh, which accounts for most of the, the population of New Mexico. Now, she felt that, and I've heard her reasoning, to more to your point, her reasoning was if even one parent or, or one set of parents is, is fearing for safety, for the safety of their children, this trumps your second, a, a, your 2A amend, uh, 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 rights. Now, I would argue that. Um, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Uh, she also said out loud that the Constitution is not absolute. And she also said out loud that this is a suspension, not a ban. Now, I would suggest to you that those when, words are. When was, the la when was the last time you heard temporary restrictions coming from the government that actually restrain, re remain temporary? Yeah, like two weeks to stop the spread, right? Like, like we've heard this before. <laughs> so her reasoning was, I'll do this. Now, I know what happened in her head. What happened in her head is I will go down in the history of governorship as, and, and now remember, this woman is a lawyer, okay? She should know better, but... Um, or was a lawyer. Um, in her head, what happened is I need strong action to make sure that New Mexico is not doesn't become another Uvalde, Texas, right? 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come out of the gate swinging, and I'm going to protect my people. And when the crime rates go down, they will see I'm right, and we'll just extend this suspension. I know that's what happened in her head. Okay. Now, I'm presuming a little bit here, but if you listen to the things she said, this is the reasoned argument she was doing. We're just going to... We're just going to not carry the guns, and they're going to see that the crime rate goes down, and everyone will see that I'm right. Well, I even go back to just normal government procedure and, you know, that whole word you keep seeing thrown around these days, separation of powers, because there is a branch of government that was designed to decide whether or not things did or did not fit the Constitution, and it was not the executive branch. Well, that, yeah, and it's not the governor. Yeah, it's it's not the governor and it's not the executive branch and it's not any of that. And um, she also said that her oath was not binding in this area to remain constitutional. Her oath was was uh, she took it seriously, uh, but it was not absolute either. Now, knowing all of these things and how it, it listening to her talk, this is how she saw it. However, there are several problems with that, not the least of which is, and this is the first one that came to my mind, is banning open or concealed carry only affects the people who are obeying the rules in the first place. It does not stop people who are committing crime because they don't give a shit about the rules. That's the logical problem with all of gun control. Well, and and it's a big one, right? And it's the one that always gets argued, right? Like, oh, we need these gun control thing restrictions. And if you look at the the harshest gun restriction laws in the in the country, they uh, near as make no difference, have zero effectiveness. Uh, because it's not like if you're gonna go out to shoot somebody, you're not worried about carrying a gun is against the law. Um, well, you're about well, to commit way you, worse crimes you, if, than that. If you look at the Cities in the United States with the highest levels of violent gun, uh, violent gun violence, um, violent gun crime. Baltimore, Maryland. Maryland is one of the states with the heaviest gun control laws. Uh, Manhattan, New York, uh, or New York City, uh, which once again, New York being one of the state with the heaviest gun control laws. Chicago, Illinois. Same answer. And uh, Los Angeles, California, and San Francisco, California. Yeah, all oh. of these, all of these uh, uh, cities are the ones with the highest levels of gun violence, and they're also the ones with the highest levels of gun control. If you look at some of these states with the lowest levels of gun violence, or cities with the lowest levels of gun violence, you get places like Houston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fort Worth, Texas. Uh-huh. Yeah, where they're going to shoot you. <laughs> like, do you know how the Fort Worth Police Department handled a guy who was set up in a parking garage? I think it was Fort Worth or Houston. I can't remember which one. Set up in a parking garage, and he was going to snipe people and all that kind of stuff. So the Fort, And he barricaded himself in there. So the Fort Worth Police, I think it was Fort Worth, Police Department, barricaded. he barricaded himself in there. So they got a robot, strapped a grenade to it, drove it in there, and exploded the grenade. Problem Perfect. solved. Welcome to Fort Worth. <laughs> uh, P- Pennsylvania, if you're an escaped convict with a uh, uh, with a 22, they just sick the dog on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, homie. He's faster than you. 
Well, it was funny because, uh, you know, the, the pictures of the guy getting caught and everybody was like, wow, did they beat him up. He's blood. I'm like, no, they just stick the dog on him. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, what happens. You know? uh, yeah, he had a bad day. <laughs> not good. So that's the first part, right? Like that doesn't do anything to actually deter crime, in, in my personal opinion. And uh, effectively, if you look at the numbers, it's it's pretty piss poor. Um, the second thing is what she did was entirely unconstitutional. Well, th- see, the problem is, is that I see with that is, is that is becoming less and less of a concern for a lot of people lately. And I really it, it, it scares me because I don't think that the people who are for things of this nature recognize what it is that they're doing to themselves. Well, when David Hogg, your buddy, comes oh, God, out, I love that guy. <laughs> comes out and says, "Uh, no, um, that's actually unconstitutional." Like when even he goes, "Oh, wow, she cried." Like <laughs> they always say, "Oh, we're not after this. We're not after your, you know, we're not after your. I'm not after your guns. We're not after your guns." And then Beto comes out and says, "Hell yeah, I'm after your guns." We're going to come door to door and take your guns, right? Um, <laughs> but no, we're not. Yeah. Yes, yes, we are. But no, we're not. But no, we're not. Yes, we are. <laughs> you know, it depends on what convention he's at, right? Oh, uh, hey, hey, my favorite is still uh, Secretary Booty Juice. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> uh, so when the Democrats... Who's, who's, who's saving gas by riding his bike to work <laughs> with four SUVs on either side of him. Hey, you got to get that photo up, man. Fall back, guys. You know you're making my my pictures look bad. No, I, I the there is a certain. You know, I don't know if all Democrats are this way, but I I, I think a lot of the mainstream ones are. They 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 obviously feel no fear at all about just trying to blanket ban the Second Amendment or suspend it. Uh, they because they, well, they come right out and say it like they're caught out and doing it now and just hoping it'll stick, seeing what they can do to make it stick, right? And that's the scary thing to me. Like they're saying it out loud. You knew that that's what they were after, even though they claim they were. Oh, we're not after your guns. And then they come out and do something like this. Clearly, they are. I mean, they proved their. I mean, they proved the 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 two A people's point. Right. Like Beto and, and this chick have have uh, Governor Grisham have proven their point. Yes, they are. They literally are after your guns. And we've been over this before in the fact of I think what bothers me is the disregard for the Constitution as a whole, uh, because if they wanted to go through the constitutionally written process of changing an amendment, whether it be repealing an amendment, changing amendment, adding an amendment, or whatever it may be to clarify the way they think these laws are supposed to go now. I wouldn't agree with their outcome. What I wouldn't be, I, I, I couldn't be upset with them, if that makes sense. No, 100%. Um, be, yeah. be, because, you know, once again, at that, that point in time, we are following the process, will of the people, all of that wonderful stuff, versus... We're just going to disregard the whole process because 
the poem that he that he keeps coming to mind, and I cannot remember the the way the entire thing goes, but it it starts with uh, first they came for the Jews and I didn't say anything, then oh, they yeah. came for the Gypsies and I didn't say anything, and then when they came for me, there wasn't anybody left to say anything. There wasn't anybody else to speak for me. Yeah. Uh, and and I the problem is, is I see that happening with our freedoms and our rights because it's it's kind of like well. Yeah, but the the Second Amendment's dangerous. We don't want that one. Okay, what are you going to do when they come for the first? Oh, now they're coming for the first. Okay, what are you going to do when they come for the fifth? What are you going to do when they come for the fourth? You know, and and they are. No, they clearly are. But, you know, next thing you know, when they show up with a bunch of soldiers and say these people are now – you know, living in your home and your response is, but that's unconstitutional for you to board uh, soldiers in my home. Well, we've already ignored all the rest of them. Why not this one, too? Yeah, we, when we they took barge all the into, teeth out. Yeah. When they, when they barge into your house and just start taking things and you say, well, this is unlawful searcher and search and seizure. Well, we've already just started. We, we, yeah, the Constitution is a dead letter at this point. We don't listen to it. Yeah. I mean, once it, they it, take and, the teeth out of it, it doesn't matter anymore. So, so if somebody wants to go through the actual process of amending the Constitution, I may not agree with the outcome that they're looking for, but I won't disagree with their attempt. But when they try to do it like this, just through executive fiat uh, declaration, just making laws or just deciding for themselves what is and is not constitutional, um, th- there, there's a long-term issue there that I think a lot of people are not seeing. You know, I understand that they're short-term warning safety, but they're what they're giving up long-term is staggering. And what's funny is is if it was reversed and it was the the other side of the fence looking to curtail something that the 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 anti-gun people wanted, um, they would they would lose their freaking mind. They would just lose their mind. And so to me, it's 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 almost comical. Um, If it wasn't so scary, it'd be funny. But the uh, as you had earlier said, the the New Mexico uh, law enforcement uh, representative said that the the sheriff of the county that that which because what I if I remember correctly, what it came down to was in counties that had certain levels of uh, of gun violence in them. Uh, where 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 this rule was going to take place, and it only came down to one county that had two cities in it. I don't remember which county or which cities. And the sheriff of said county basically said, "Yeah, we ain't doing this. Yeah, I'm not enforcing this. This is this is unconstitutional." Now she may not take her oath to the Constitution <laughs> seriously, but I do, and no. Uh, so. The, that got and she's getting challenged in in every court you know everywhere um, they've already I think they already put an injunction on it or at least tried to uh, so with the uh, and she's like hey we'll just see how and this is the part that that kills me about her is she you know Governor Grisham was just like hey we're just gonna see how it goes that's not how you you address trying to to limit or abolish or restrict uh, constitutional amendments that's not hey we'll see how it goes we're gonna see how it sticks if i can just go ahead and wheel this away then uh we're gonna go ahead and see how it goes uh so faced with the um well stiff stiff opposition uh friday 
she uh, narrowed the order that broadly suspended the right to carry arms uh, in and around Albuquerque and and, uh, to only apply to public parks and playgrounds where children and their families gather. Oh, so she invented the gun-free zone. So what she's now done, yeah, it's it's a gun-free zone. <laughs> so now, like, look what happens when, um, and this is the part that kills me, right? Because Texas is rapidly fixing this. We just passed uh, one last week, week four, uh, where there must be armed response responders in every school now. Um, the the thing is, you know, if you if if the criminals know that there is no chance that they are going to be stopped in a certain area, high-value target area, target-rich environment. Guess where they bring the guns to go come uh-huh. from? So, oh, oh, oh did, did you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to alter our subject on this for two seconds here. Um, have you seen what some governors and school boards are doing with their now armed, um, fully accredited uh, school police forces? No. <laughs> They're arresting people who disagree with them at school board meetings. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Because well, what else would you get, do? They, they had people getting uh, put pulled out of a school board meeting, and everybody thought it was the state police, and all of a sudden they figured out they, somebody zoomed in on one of the badges and realized that it was the newly founded uh, school uh, public school police that they had in that district that she had just decided, you know, it wasn't even like she called the, I, I, this isn't probably the right word, but legitimate police and said, these people are harassing us. They, they need and causing a nuisance. They need to go. She called her own personal police force and said, arrest these people, not escort them out, arrest them, charge them. Oh, that's going to go well. Well, she's going to have to pay out half a million dollars a piece for those or $20 million a piece for those or whatever it is when she gets that through court because there is not a, a civil rights attorney that is not going to just be chomping at the bit to take that particular case, especially if it was, uh, you know, they were arguing to protect their own children for something. I mean, this uh, is... actually, they, they well, see, this, this is the part where it gets a little muddy and that she might get away with it. What they were were teachers arguing that they needed to be paid more. <laughs> well, it just goes to show, you know, like you treat your employees, you arrest your employees. You, you get a, Beatings will continue until morale improves. Uh, <laughs> go to bed we might kill you tomorrow yeah. <laughs> sleep tight most likely kill you in the morning uh, like it's I think the 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 real uh, takeaway from the New Mexico thing to me is just that she's looking for a way to be effective but she's not taking into account anything that will actually be effective she's just trying to find a a legal loophole or framework that is going to sneak by and and because this is what lawyers do right like she's thinking uh, like a lawyer but not really like a good one you actually uh, you, you know me i'm the cynical asshole here uh you give her more credit than i believe she's worth um I I've seen enough of these people be so incredibly power hungry and decide that they need to do something for optics, uh, not to for effectiveness, 
for optics and are just deciding that the system isn't going to do what they want it to and what they think it should. So rather than following the system and working within the system or even just going, well, the system sucks, we need to clean it up. However, that works to just kind of go, you know what, we're just going to ignore the system altogether and just do what we want to do. And if, if any of you disagree with me to hell of you to hell with you, it's my prerogative uh, to ignore whichever oath I took and just do what I choose. That that's how I see this. But that being said, as I said, I am the cynical bastard here. And that may be what's in her head. I I prefer to look at it as like she's trying to be the hero of her own story. And she's completely blinded. Like, she, I, I think you're right. She is trying to do whatever she's doing for optics. I don't think it's actually for a great um, response to, to actually solve the problem. Because if it was, then she would be acting very differently and trying to do very different things. Um, to me, like if you have a violent problem, a violence problem, you know, a homicide problem, you know, the guns aren't the issue. The issue is the people who are committing the crimes. And they obviously feel, most of them obviously feel, and you can tell, right, by the way they do it and the way, the places they enact these crimes and the way they, they do them, that, the you know, if they felt that they were going to get caught and or, um, you know, severely punished or life was going to be bad for them afterwards, they probably wouldn't. <laughs> Do it or if they were someplace basis. like a rural Texas church, <laughs> yeah, man, that ended. I I love that video just because uh, you know not because of the the sadness that the first guy who got shot, but like those are Texans being Texans. You know, from the time he pulled that gun and shot the first shot to the time he was dead on the floor with five guns trained on him was twelve seconds. The guy got eight steps and twelve seconds, and he was gone. <laughs> you know. They just wiped them off the face of the earth. And then, you know, you get situations where you have schools where they know, they know it's it's fish in a barrel, right? It's turkey shoot. You know, to somebody who is well-armed and willing to commit evil, it, it they... There, there was one recently, and I don't remember where it was, but the, the, uh, the person in, in question never made it past the vestibule. Yeah, I think it was, I swear, I want to say it was Nashville. But, yeah, they got in, they were going to do a Uvalde. And they got gunned down in the lobby. <laughs> Just shot them. Oh, they, if, I, if I remember correctly, they didn't even make it to the lobby. They didn't make it out of the vestibule. <laughs> Just Just nailed them. That's how it should have been. You know, they closed on them before anybody really got killed um, and just shot them dead. There wasn't a there wasn't a discussion. Nobody was using hand sanitizer, walking around. There wasn't a big thing. There was a, he was just dead. That's absolutely how I think it should go. Yes, absolutely. You threaten the children, we put you down. Sorry, that's how it is. Um, you know, I that's but the the thing about it is is like look at the things that have been doing. They cover gun violence. They cover this and they make it an issue but more people were killed uh, when that dude took an suv into a parade route in wisconsin i mean they, they but just but mowed that's people even, down 
But that's what we've been bitching about for with the media for us years now. Ever, I mean, ever since 2020, which is, which is when it became as obvious as it is that it, it's all narratives. It's not it's not news. It's not stories. It's not. Well, I mean, truth is, you know, a, a loaded word, but it's all narrative. Yeah, it's it's spun. There's a lot of spinning that's happening. I mean, with a lot of I that. mean, a, a federal court had found uh, the other day that um, the NSA, the CDC and the Biden administration violated um, everyone's First Amendment rights with the way they handled uh, COVID. Yeah, I didn't see any charges were filed. There no, was, but no, there's you, not even you, an investigation. But, They're not going to do crap. But you've got a you've got a you've got a sitting president. Well, OK, let, let, let's I'll take you a step further back. You've got a former president who's under indictment. Now, you can call those indictments politically motivated if you want, but the guy's a piece of shit. Then you've got a sitting president who is openly and admittingly in public doing and done things that would have made Nixon blush. You know, Nixon got thrown out or had to resign for the result of having broken into uh, the opposite party's office to bug it. Now, the the current sitting president has already admitted to, or or at least people involved with him have admitted to uh, planting stories that they knew were false, creating dossiers that they knew were false, uh, bugging the offices of their um, the competitors, uh, tapping their phones, raiding their emails. All of that stuff is admitted to, and not even like from Russians, from the FBI and the CIA. And nobody's doing anything about this. This is the shit that got Nixon thrown out. Yeah. And, and it's cares. just kind of and, and it's and it's just day to day business these days. Did the CIA came out come out recently and say they had stuff to do with the Kennedy assassination? I mean, well, there's been some stuff that came some files and stuff that came out that say that suggests that they that they're the ones who assassinated Kennedy. Um, with that said, um, they obviously have not really come out and admitted anything. Well, uh, but the same thing was is that the, the you know what uh, happens if you say CIA does the sky fall in? Yeah, <laughs> Air America well, for those of you too young to know. But even then, you know, uh, these are the same people who, um, you know, had to. They're saying they killed Kennedy because Kennedy was basically trying to shut down what the CIA was doing and wanted to do in the military-industrial con- uh, complex, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Trump comes in and says, I want to clean up the CIA. Next thing you know, there's a false dossier out there <laughs> saying that he's a a, a Russian spy. Oops. I mean, that, that once again, yeah. like Trump or not, that has been proven false. Yeah, and if you do, and if we you... know, and we know who wrote it. We know who supplanted it. We know none of this. None of this. You know, the CIA's job is to to supplant and 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 destabilize countries. Right. Like that's really the CIA, what the CIA does. Yeah. They're just doing it to us. Yeah. You don't think they know how to do it to us? (laughs) Like they have access. They don't even have to work at it. They just have to go down the street. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Hi, NSA. Um. Like they don't even, and nobody says anything. So, 
you know, loop that all back around to people openly just trying to see. I honestly think that there, you know, if it wasn't for the inherent, uh, let me just say, laughable competence of most of our politicians and the short-sightedness, the incredible short-sightedness of them. Oh, I would and say, by the way, I, I'm objecting to having to choose from the same piece of shit and old fart this coming election that we had to choose from last election. I'm hoping I'm hoping for different reasons. Both of them are unavailable, quite honestly. Like one goes completely senile or just like falls off the wrong set of steps this time. You know, the the plane isn't up to the fucking ramp and he just walks up the <laughs> steps and accidentally walks off, breaks his neck. And the other oh, one just goes to jail. Lloyd Bridges from Hot Shots. Exactly. And the other one just goes to jail. And we have to pick from new people. Uh, and something has to happen to Kamala Harris. Because I don't think anybody wants to say, good morning, President Harris. Like, nobody wants that to happen. Right? She's, I, she's an I still, idiot. I still want a ballot initiative for none of the above. And if none of millions. the above, And if none of the above wins, then you have to do the election over again. And none of these people can run. <laughs> Jake for president. That is amazing. I love it. Uh, but I, I really hope that it is. I, I would be impeached within days. Yeah, yeah. You and me both, brother. Days. He did what? <laughs> Have you listened to his podcast? He's a depraved asshole. Like, we can't have him. Like, anybody but him. Like, not that guy. Uh, you told the secretary what? You can't tell the secretary to go fuck themselves and go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't do that. You guys are all dicks. <laughs> I've fired my entire cabinet. <laughs> I've gotten some local guys at the sandwich shop. I think they're going to do a better job. <laughs> they at least understand economics. <laughs> and that we don't have money that we're spending. <laughs> No, I totally, yeah. Who's your, who's your choice for uh, Secretary of the Treasury? Uh, Vinny from Carmine's Clam Bar down in the village? <laughs> yeah, that dude understands the value of a dollar. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, we ain't paying for that. No, you can suck it. We ain't paying for that. You got my money? Then we ain't paying for that. See? It's perfect. <laughs> Go talk to Vinny. Yeah, no. I, I, I really hope. You know, just bringing it down to incompetence and short-sightedness, that this isn't a concerted effort. And just Secretary to probe... Defense, Chuck Norris? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. Dwayne Camacho, Mountain Dew. Just... <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I really hope it's not a concerted effort just to see if they can poke and prod to see what we'll accept. Because I think they already started down that road with COVID. And I don't think there's enough people willing to go... Oh, for fuck. No, we're not doing that. I, I don't know how many of us there are. Well, I, I think there's more than you might think because of the pure and simple fact that they started floating the idea of, you know, oh, there's another COVID thing coming and everybody just the, the entire country basically just no. went, fuck that. No, I'm not doing it. Not even not even loudly, just quietly went, fuck it. No, we're no, not doing it. I'm not doing and they just kind of went, um, hmm, maybe 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 we shouldn't go there. Even my father, who watched way too much fear porn during COVID, has has he just went, look, 
if we get another pandemic, I'm not doing this again. He goes, I'm not going through that particular fire drill. I, I lost communication with my grandchildren and, and viewing, you know, ha- hanging out with my grandchildren for a year and change. Um, they were severely pissed at me for it. Uh, I got COVID even though I got the vaccine and it was no, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just take my chances next time. Uh, but, but it starts with this, this stuff like, like, like this New Mexico thing here, which is why I thought it was important both for, for both podcasts, really, you know, this is what happens when they're not afraid to do the wrong thing anymore. She's obviously, she knew nothing would happen to her. Like she'll get reelected too. watch you watch. She's going to turn this into a win for her. She's going to go out and she's going to say, look, we had some violence here. This is exactly what's going to happen. I can write her campaign. I tried to do something. I tried. That's exactly. I tried to save us. You wouldn't let me. But I I will keep fighting for you. What are you going to do? And she'll get reelected. What do you bet me? She'll oh, get no, reelected. It's like that you know, idiot serving as mayor in Chicago right now, going, "Well, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to fix the problems. We're just going to understand them." It's like, oh, for crying out loud! Well, I mean, you've got the uh, mayor of New York City who is complaining that their sanctuary city is being used as a sanctuary sanctuary city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're trying to make it illegal to dump uh, immigrants out there. Uh, now there, there, there's motions in several of the places that Texas is sending all our immigrants to, to uh, make it well, illegal. Y- yeah, but at the same time, it's kind of like, um, uh, oh, oh, you know, oh, it's horrible what's going on in Texas. Oh, you want to do the same thing to us? No, no, not in my backyard. We don't have the capacity for this, and you think we do? <laughs> like, really? Uh, do you know how many people are streaming across those borders? Because we do, we see them. Like, there's a bunch. I live in Dallas. It is almost the farthest away in Texas that you can get. And there are just streams, streams of people that that come in every day, every day. Well, well, Manhattan's in the process, of, like a lot of these cities of and, and they'll, they'll they won't tell you, but they're in the process of falling apart. They're falling apart because. You know, not only are most of the hotels filled with with uh, undocumented migrants, but now they sh- basically shut down Airbnb. Jake, I know that can't be true. I heard the mayor of New York City just the other day say New York City is as healthy and strong and vibrant as it's ever been. I know that has to be the truth. That has to be the truth. It can't be that there are tent cities. It can't be that there's violence. It can't be that there's drug problems. And it can't be that people just randomly decide that they're going to pee on a building and broadside of the police and there's nothing that they can do about it. It can't be happening like that. Um, I know that's not true because all the politicians in New York City say it's not true. Um, Insert irony for those of you who are not capable of (laughs) hearing that. Uh, I, I, it's amazing because uh, hey, they they hey, all say the same thing. It's going great. <laughs> I work up and down the K Street district of D.C., which is the affluent where all the lobbyists work, and there are tents at every corner and intersection where there's enough room for them. Yeah, how's that sanctuary going out working out for you guys? 
you know, uh, I, I, I mean, most of a lot of what I have to do is loading up and unloading equipment in the alleys behind the buildings. And uh, here's people living in the uh, um, uh, doorways. It, it's, it's all over the place. The, here's, here's my solution. If you really want less gun violence and less violence and less theft and less murder and less all that kind of stuff, less, less of those societal problems, you don't make a gun ban. What you do is start addressing the problem. And the first problem you start is addressing is there are a significant and growing number of people in urban areas and other places around the country who have nothing left to lose. And there is an old saying about that. You know, if you have nothing left to lose, then you are truly free. Free to do anything you want. And one of those things is crime. And what you have to do is the opposite of what San Francisco is doing right now. Like San Francisco decriminalized crime, basically, uh, made it very difficult to put anyone in prison and stick. Deciding that it's no longer a crime does not stop it from happening. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the, the that's where I'm leading up to. Like you you can decide that it's not a crime and it's not punishable and it's not jailable and it's not an offense that they can be held for. You can absolutely do that, but it does not stop them from committing the crime. In fact, what it does is open the door to a lot more crime. That is as we are seeing in California and in New York, and and reducing the police force again. That's a problem. Um, making it impossible for society to uh, put put consequences upon the the people doing these crimes and doing these these actions is a problem. And then taking huge swaths of money and supporting the people who are doing these crimes and you know g- g- handing out. Uh, supply you know, needles and, and things like that or, or whatever it is that they're doing. I, I'm not exactly sure what they're doing, but I know that there's a great organizations uh, spreading all across California doing these actions. They're taking care of these people just enough to keep them on the street but not solve any of their problems. Well, yeah, because they're making money taking care of the people right. on the street. because it's become an industry, right? They're making tons of money doing that. Not taking care while taking care of those people. I, I, I've heard a statistic, and I've and a lot of people have basically tried to say that it's bullshit, but I've not seen anybody debunk it yet, which is that if you took the amount of money that's being spent on the homeless people in the state of California, um, you could go to everybody in Los Angeles, give them $150,000 a year, and actually come out on the winning end of the amount of money being spent. And yet Gavin Newsom does not like firearms because See, those I'm are actually the problems. Kind of, I'm, I'm kind of hoping he actually does get to run for president because I'm curious as to whether or not the other person on the other side at a debate will just basically respond to every question from Newsom with, dude, California. Look I at win. California. <laughs> I win. <laughs> it is a dumpster fire of a state. You took the most prosperous state under your administration, sir. You took the most prosperous state in the union that we ever had 
And now it's been on the decline uh, procedurally and functionally for a little while. But you took it from the most populous, the most prosperous, the most beloved state in the entire union under your administration and turned it into a dumpster fire. It is losing people for the first time ever. It is now uh, granted that it started to slow down in the 80s and 90s, but it's losing people for the first time, measurably losing people for the first time during your administration. During your administration, you have had more disaster, more economic upheaval, more homelessness, more violence, more theft, more corporations leaving than ever in the history of California. And this was your plan. Right. Like this. You are moving forward with this. This is 100 percent you're doing and you want to run for 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 president. Well, I pray that you're joking (laughs) to quote Waterworld. You couldn't run them down with 10 boats and you want to use just one. Well, I pray that you're joking. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't see how anyone could look at him as as a leader of of a state and go, yeah, we all need that. He dismantled the Constitution in 20 minutes. He just go, he just waltzed down to the, set it on fire. I mean, he doesn't care. He really doesn't. The only thing he cares about is looking good and getting more of those deals made. And apparently, the people of California love him for it. They love him for it. It's unbelievable. I, I don't understand hey, how the man's not hey, been lynched yet. There's they're still keeping in uh, uh, the Senate the woman who's so old that she can't make her own decisions for her life, but she can vote on on laws for the United States. <laughs> Diane Feinstein, she's like ninety some years old, has no concept where she is if she's retiring, even though her staff says yes, she's retiring. <laughs> Um, I, she, she's she's going to serve out her term. Now her daughter has her power of attorney, but she's going to serve out her term. Here's my problem. Like we could do so much, my uh, so much good, you know. By okay, if you are diagnosed with Alzheimer's, you're going to have to pass some tests before we can let you vote in Congress or the Senate. If you are of a certain age, you shouldn't be eligible to, to serve in the in the Congress anymore. You should. You know what? Uh, past a certain age, yeah, you're going to be you're out of touch. OK, you're a rich old person and you're out of touch and you probably shouldn't be voting. At the worst, at the easiest, you have dementia if you're over 85 years old. No, sorry. No, this is very simple. You shouldn't be voting on our gun laws. <laughs> Or any other laws or freedom of speech or anything like that when you're just like you're like some grizzled old person who can't remember what they had for breakfast is going to decide what the rest of us are going to do for the rest of our lives. No, I'm sorry. I have you can call it ageism if you want. Nope. Uh, you shouldn't be serving. There's a I think it's absolutely appropriate that there's a minimum age to serve. I also think there's appropriate to have a maximum age to serve. And that would well, clear yeah, up some the, of our problems. At the time, it was it, it was all written down, though. I mean, the average person was dying in their forties. Well, there there is that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying you don't have a point, you know, but but still, the situations change, and now you have their staff who just can remain in the shadows and not face any, you know, they can make the decisions for them, because you know that's that's what's been happening with Feinstein for a long time. 
whoever's in charge of her staff has actually been the one controlling her vote. I'd postulate that that's what's going on with our president at the moment. Oh, for sure. Dude, Secretary Booty Juice? I mean, are you kidding me? (laughs) The guy doesn't even know where he is. Like, you can watch. He's he's talking to, I can't remember where he was. Um, Shit, he was out of the country somewhere having a conversation with something on a uh, press conference and finally just went, hi, I'm ready to go to bed now. (laughs) Is it bedtime? I... I keep that man away from the button. <laughs> is now, this how I start the coffee maker? <laughs> I wonder if, you know, and I, I haven't seen the actual video. I've heard he said it. <laughs> he may have tried to say something else, but. If he actually said Secretary Booty Juice, like your your term should be over, sir. Like Snope <laughs> says, it was miscaptioned. Actually, actually, I I have seen the um the the video. Um, is is the juice what came out of his mouth? <laughs> yes. Was he trying to say Booty Gedge? Um, yes. But you know he he's the one who refers to the Constitution as you know the thing. <laughs> It's like something I would say. And see, I'd say I'm not ready for presidential, uh, you know, affirmation. Okay. Hey, we could have beef as president, and he could be calling it the ping pong, and everybody would know exactly what he meant. <laughs> oh my God, President Beef, he would do he would do a much better job. You know, look, well, can you you get nah? We're not doing that. It's stupid. Quit being stupid. <laughs> like I would I would vote for President Beef. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, president's being passive aggressive today. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's great, guys. I I don't have anything else to do. Why don't you guys suck it? I'm going to get a beer. <laughs> that's the uh, last words we heard from President <laughs> Beef this morning. <laughs> like there was a uh, Love, Death, and Robots. You, you watch Love, Death, and Robots, don't oh, you? God, I love Love, Death, and Robots. There was a there was the the skit where the yogurt took over the world. Yes, I am waiting for the yogurt. <laughs> I am desperately waiting for the yogurt. Hey, the yogurt actually makes the world better. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Do this exactly as we told you. We will. And of course, no, they don't. Everybody's on fire and they're starving, except in Ohio, right? In Ohio, everything was placid and serene. Of course, we knew how we got here. We just couldn't believe that the yogurt figured it out before we did. I'm waiting for the yogurt because we're obviously like a dumpster on fire down here. Like it's not happening. Um, I just I I see it with some of these things. Like to to bring it back around, and I know we gotta, you know, we've been babbling for a while now, and we'll, we can stop. But um, hey, we don't have we don't have beef to get to just suddenly end the podcast. We're done. <laughs> we're done. I got a people waiting on the in the car outside. I'm probably gonna have sex later tonight. I'm done talking to you people now. I'm leaving. Thank you to everybody. Good night. Depending on when timing on when these ends up, the the last last WA podcast we did with Beef and Sean and I were babbling. I will take most of the credit for the babble though. And all of a sudden, Beef just kind of closes out the. We're podcast. done. <laughs> 
We're done. <laughs> it was like, I, I, I guess Beth Beef was sick of listening to us. Beef is Beef is done now. <laughs> well, the cast is over. See, I'd love to end him, uh, him to end a press conference that way. Yep. Well, everything you guys are talking about is stupid, so I'm done talking now. Good night. That's the president <laughs> you need. I, I got some bitches waiting on the way out front lawn for me. In the car on the front lawn. I'm probably gonna have sex later. Deuces. I'm out. Right? Like that's how a president should end a press conference. Not Secretary Buttigieg. That's not. I'm not down. <laughs> the uh, president yesterday did not pass security to get onto Air Force One himself. Uh, when asked why, he was seen coming out of the bathroom going <laughs> coutrements. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Secretary Candy Stripper was now, was, now, was seen following him several minutes afterwards. Yeah. No, and everybody just probably fine with that. You know, I I, I just I don't know. <laughs> In breaking news today, uh, President Beef now referred to as President Tramp Stampia. <laughs> has <laughs> declared he will not be sober for any other press conference any further press conferences actually what i'm what i'm picturing in my head and i um i the, the minions movie where he's just sitting there yelling king bob and everybody's yeah. screaming and finally just drops the mic i'm just sitting here thinking of everybody screaming president trump stipia drop the mic ends every press conference with smoke him if you got him <laughs> <laughs> President Beef ended. President Trump's champion ended the, the State of the Union address with "Smoke 'em if you got 'em, I'm out, bitches." Is this the first first lady? No, this is the first sprinkle friend. <laughs> exactly. Second sprinkle friend is waiting in a car out front. I gotta go. Which way's Camp David? Anybody know? <laughs> I would so vote for that. I would so vote for that. Who wouldn't vote for that? Yeah, refreshing. Israel? Where the hell is that? I don't give a shit. Russia? Bomb them. I don't give a crap. We'll have it done by morning. It'll be fine. Like, whatever. President Beef would handle things. At least you would know President Beef was handling things. Anyway... Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Watch your rights. Uh, we normally don't do uh, political stuff on the podcast uh, or on Hawkeye, and uh, we normally don't do gun stuff on Gentlemen's. But you know what? This was kind of one of those things where Jake and I were like, holy crap, she actually did it. And uh, we needed to talk about it. So, uh, y'all, watch. Pay attention. Seriously, pay attention. Keep yourselves safe. Keep yourselves good. Uh, Jake, you got anything else other than vote for beef? <laughs> I may actually create t-shirts for that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I bet you we could get him elected mayor. Like in the small oh, I bet you we could get him elected. Oh, hell yes. Beef in Milwaukee. I mean, I, we could probably get him at least chairman, you know, or, you know, like a, a ch- council person, you know, like a councilman beef. <laughs> so great. <laughs> anyway, y'all take care. We'll see you later. There are rich teams, and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of...